0: we go. So it should have been Nicola Neal here this morning. Um, unfortunately, she hasn't been able to join us this weekend because she's unwell. Bless her. So um, we sent her some flowers um, and we've been praying for her. Uh, but we're just she might be joining, who knows. But um, let's pray for her anyway. Uh, Father, we pray for continued health, not just for Nicola, but for Simon as well, that that whole family, that actually a hallmark of that family would be health health and wholeness, and whatever infections and whatever are at play at the moment, we stand against those and speak life and healing over Nicola and her family. Thank you, God. Amen. Okay. Well, I hope you're ready. Um, To be honest, I was more looking forward to Nicola, listening to Nicola than listening to me, but um, it's just what it is. So here we go. I think that this is going to be quite short. I think it's just a bit of a thought, really. Um, worship songs at the moment seem to be a gradual kind of compilation of lots of different ideas and within a song there seems to be a number of songs so within this talk there are a number of talks but there's some some diagrams I'm terrible at drawing like really bad Um, in fact it would be a competition in my own life to see whether I'm worse at dancing or drawing (laughs) I think I'm even better at cooking, frankly, and I'm no good at that either. But um, hopefully this first slide will come up and uh, you will see. Okay. So the good news is you may have worked out who people are. So I can do labels. Uh, so when I was a, when I was a teacher, the, the kids in the class would say, oh, no, Mr. K's drawing again. You're like, it's all right, I'm doing my best, okay? So, but you get the idea. The clouds took me a couple of attempts, but we got there in the end. Um, it looks a lot nicer on my screen, obviously. Um, and then we've got these people, which for a minute I'm just calling the world. Please know, don't read anything into this. Well, this isn't quite true. That is it. I know people aren't all uh, white stick figures with longer right arms than left. I know all, the, all these inadequacies of in my drawing. I know God is actually slightly smaller than us in this diagram. I tried, all right? <laughs> Okay, good. So here we go. Um, so this is, this is what happens. Um, these are some of the things we offer to God. We offer our worship, love, devotion, obedience, all kinds of things. The list that God offers back to us, frankly, I, I, I could have filled the whole screen with it, but I put he offers us life, love. There's a, there's a grace, like a supernatural empowering. He offers forgiveness. Um, he, he gives us gifts. He, um, he gives us provision. He gives us supernatural abilities. Um, he restores our souls. I mean, like the list, the list goes on of what God offers to us. Um, but that's just some sample things. So we're going to go on to the next one. So the idea is, and this was always God's idea, when he set up The the people, through Abraham, he set up the Israelites in the Old Testament, the Jews, and said, they're my people. Now, he didn't mean the other people, he didn't like them. What he was trying to say was, I want to bring my plan A to the world through this group of people. That was his plan. So, in case you hadn't twigged, the Bible is really the story, certainly up until the New Testament, is the story of the Jews, They were God's chosen people. And from Genesis 15-ish onwards, it really is about the Israelites, the Jewish people. And God was trying to say, look, I'm trying to get you sorted enough that you can then bring my plan A to the rest of the world. What happens now is that we, we do this same role. So you can see the arrows, us and God like that, back and forth, and then out to the world. Next slide. So... I was really reluctant to draw a heart, so I drew a dot. So you can see in the middle there. Now, the reason I was reluctant to draw a heart is, is not because of my lack of skill. Even I can draw a heart. Um, but the reason I drew a dot is because in Ephesians, it says that those who have basically, paraphrased, those who have said yes to Jesus get a deposit of the Holy Spirit guaranteeing, it's like a mark of ownership. Where God doesn't say, I own you. It's not that kind of own you. But where we have, we have been crucified with Christ and we no longer live. Instead, the life we live in the body, we live by faith in the Son of God. He loved us, gave himself up for us. We have been redeemed. You know, when you get a little voucher and it says redemption value, 0.0001p or something. Well, we're worth way more than that. And God says, I have, I've effectively bought you your freedom. I have paid the price for you to have uh, your freedom. So I didn't want it to be a heart, and this is where some of the complication comes. Because one of the things I do love about this diagram, and there's not a lot, one of the things I do really love is that the people in the world, as well as the people in the middle, do look a bit like God. And that's because we're made in his image. And my drawing inadequacy, admittedly, but, but we are made in his image. So therefore, those people in the middle, you'll see, red, very thin, very dotted line, the church. Now, does that mean that you can't have people not in that red bit in the middle? Could you have some people in other places who've got red dots and they have effectively said yes to Jesus, but aren't part of the church? Well, that's a whole debate, right? Yes, of course, you can have people who have said yes to Jesus but don't attend a church, of course, whether they are part of the church, whole other discussion, which isn't really massively relevant. So in this image, this is some of the things that can happen in churches. This is one. So basically, you'll see we've got the big fat arrows going to and from God, and we are just spending our time working on our relationship with God, and the arrows from us into the world are at best flimsy. I've called this church the Disobedient Church. Some people call it the Holy Church. Because we're just trying to get all super holy in here. And we're all right, Jack. Thanks. Um, so it's not what we stand for here. Some churches do. Frankly, I don't know how you get around the Bible. I mean, the words when Jesus was about to leave... His first word when we were being asked what we need to do was go. He never said stay. He didn't say that at any one point. He said go. Um, so I don't think we ever really... That's, I call this the disobedient church. I know it's a strong word. I know we don't like this sense of obedience. But this is not what we're asked to do. And then you've got this one. I've called this the unhealthy church. If, as Asher Vineyard, we are going to veer any, in either of those two directions, we're more likely to veer into this one. More likely. And there's a whole host of reasons for that, and some of those are brilliant reasons. For example, one of the things that I love, Nick and I both love this about Asher Vineyard, is you can't even be sure that everyone involved in Asher Vineyard has said yes to Jesus. I love it. It's so blurred. It's so grey. Well, are they in or are they out? I don't know. Why don't you ask them? Why don't you spend some time with them? Well, they said they were in, but they don't act like they're in. Are they out? I don't know. Why are you so preoccupied with in and out? Why not just keep following Jesus yourself and bring people with you? I mean, even on people's deathbeds, I don't know who's in and who's out. I've I've got no idea. I don't know. I don't know what dying declarations people make. I mean, what about all those people who never learnt the sinner's prayer? I mean, obviously they're going to be dead and then lost forever because no one ever taught them the sinner's prayer. The one where you believe in the Trinity and you have to confess all these things. and We'll stop there. So, and this is what I would call a healthy church. So you have um, the great relationship between individuals and the collective with God. And you have a really healthy relationship. Now, you'll see there are some people there in communities who have got red dots. So is the objective to try and send people out from the red thing in the middle, to send people out to try and get everyone to have a red dot? No, I don't think so. But I do think, does God want everyone to have a red dot? A relationship with him? Absolutely. But if we narrow down our job, our job is to try to make people into Christians. I think we're missing something enormous there. I think our job is to go and love well. And, and Jesus said basically, effectively, you raise me up and I will draw people to me. Your job is to go out there and raise me up. is to love well is to kneel at the feet of people and serve them. That's, that's our job and always to be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have. And we're meant to be ready in season and out of season. We have been forgiven of all sin. We have got the Holy Spirit in as much measure as Jesus had the Holy Spirit. There is not a person in this room and there's not a person online who couldn't pray for something, pray for someone, pray for a situation and see a miracle happen. Because it's not us, it's him. It's it's just our willingness, right? So, all that said, that is only context. That is only context for this. If you pair everything away, then ultimately, this is what you get. One person in a two-way relationship with God. Him and me. And ultimately, when we die and, um, or at least leave this mortal coil, uh, we, at some point, we get, we have passed through judgment. If you said yes to Jesus, you've passed through judgment. But we will stand on our own before Him. It's actually going to be a precious moment, a beautiful moment. A homesick moment that we can experience now of just saying, oh wow, I long to just, just me and him. Um, but there is something about this that right now God is inviting us into this. So this is like a prophetic word, if you like. This is a now word. Some people call it a rhema word. Um, this, is a, this is a word now to us I'm not going to be bold enough and it's not my place to speak to the church, but I I will speak to this church at at least. I think it probably is, almost definitely, for other churches, other parts of the whole church. You may remember, I think two weeks ago, I, I spoke and I used one word over and over again, return. I just kept saying, God's saying, return. What, go back to church? Yeah, yeah, but that's God saying, return from here. Return to him. Put your Netflix down. Put your Facebook down. Put your stuck-up opinions down. Put your frailty down. Put your insecurity down, your anxiety down, your fear down. Put them down and run to him. Because without a doubt, God wants to use us It's going back too many slides. But the image that we did have of us, the the church and, and the world, absolutely God wants to do miraculous things in Ashford that have never been seen in Ashford ever before. And you are here right now at this time because God is longing for you and you to be part of it. So you start thinking, well, what kind of things could he do in Ashford that he's never done? I don't know. Why don't you think for a minute? And God is able to do in Ephesians exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. But like God's dreams for Ashford are enormous. There are things he wants to see happen. I went yesterday, Nick, um, very long story. We were going to go to the outlets. Nick needed a new pair of trainers. Last ones um, had holes in and not at the top where they're supposed to be. She had extra holes in hers. And well, we went to the outlets and uh, we got as far as the little mini the roundabout, absolutely rammed. Rammed, we just said, oh, this is stupid. So instead we went into town and went to Sports Direct. And, wow, the town centre of Ashford. Something has got to change. Something has got to change in the town centre. Yes, they could reduce the parking. Yes, they could get some other shops in. We know all those things. There's a spiritual condition that needs to shift in the town centre in Ashford. You can feel it as you walk down it. Something needs to happen. Whose responsibility is that? Please, let's not rely on the council. I love our local council and they do a brilliant job and there are a number of wonderful people there. What are you expecting them to do about a spiritual condition in a high street? This is where the church steps in. This is our job. I actually personally hold the belief that COVID should never have gone on as long, anything like as long as it had. It should have been snuffed out at the beginning by a church that knows what its job is and connects fully with the person who gives the church their authority. Instead, what we've seen the church do is hang around waiting for some science. Now, God is in science. God is in science. Science is people working out what God's already working on. I know, this is really popular. People are going to love this. But Chris, we need the vaccination. We need the power of God is what we need. Much more than we need a vaccination. Vaccinations are a relatively new thing anyway. And I'm not even saying, I'm not going down the route of saying they're bad, good, indifferent. That's not the point. The point is, the church hasn't got the power it should have to be able to deal with these things. When God looks, and he knew COVID was coming, because God knows everything, and he's outside of time, he can see the end from the beginning, all that stuff. God looks, he sees COVID, and then he says, no, I'm out. Sorry, I'm out. I'm just going to have to wait till the scientists catch up. I don't think so. I don't think so. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. All the power of the enemy. This is what Jesus said. I know, right? It's an uncomfortable thought. And I include myself in it. I totally include myself in it. So we have this beautiful image. So fire is so often a a focal point and represents God in the Bible. Moses met God in in a burning bush. Jesus has eyes of or like fire. It says in Revelation, he has eyes like blazing fire and many royal crowns. God also purifies us. It says he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. Speaking of people, fire is also warmth, it's power, it's comfort, it's unpredictable, it's beautiful. Even that image, I could look at that image for ages. Isn't that amazing? I love the sparks coming off the top. I love the fact that you can't actually quite see into the fire. There's so many beautiful things about that image and fire, obviously, in general. Moses and the Israelites, Moses again, as they were being led to freedom from being in captivity in Egypt, they were guided by God and God represented himself as a pillar of cloud in the day and a pillar of fire at night. Can you imagine going to bed and there's a glow? Bearing in mind this was millions of people. And there is a glow and you look out and there is a pillar of fire. Now we, we get annoyed with our pillars in this building. <laughs> but I don't think it looked like one of these. This pillar of fire was probably humongous and probably went up and up. A massive pillar of fire and the sound of it, even just to be near it. like I've got goosebumps, absolutely amazing. As a church and as the church, we are being invited to behold, now we don't use that word very often, behold his glory, to look at, to be transfixed with, to fix our gaze upon, to return from wandering off. If you look at this image again, to return from wandering off to the tent in the background because they sell nice donuts. Are our lives centered around Him? We have an image, a, 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 a like a a word, a picture from God that shows. The auditorium with a big fire in the middle. A bit like this, probably a bit bigger. And God says, are you going to come and center yourselves round me? Do I have your devotion? During the early part of lockdown, I was walking, um, walking down the hill from Waitrose. Temple away, it's called. I tend to call it Waitrose Hill, but anyway. Um, and as I was walking down there, I was just praying and God spoke to me. And he said, I've got some things I want to tell you and show you. But first, I need to know I've got your devotion. So for me, therefore, that means that God's got some things for me, but he doesn't feel like our relationship is safe enough and secure enough and established enough, if you like, for him to be able to tell me those things. Because he knows those things will have a power to them But unless I'm in that relationship, unless I'm really cleaving to him, those things could even destroy me. What is God looking to tell you, I wonder? What adventures is he waiting to take you on But he says, I need your devotion first? I need to know, like, you're not just in with your words, but you're in with your heart. Are you with me in your heart? Or are you just with me with your daily Bible reading? Are you just with me because you go along to Asher Vineyard every now and then? Well, how do we respond to this? See, the point is, if you think of those images of of my terrible sketches, if we are going to be the church if we are going to bring life to Ashford, if we are going to bring the transformation that God dreams of, we absolutely need to be hooked in with him, absolutely devoted to him. And then what happens is, very often people can become so caught up in trying to be with him to the extent that they actually lose the point that you actually, we need to be passing it out. Any flow that comes, flow of his power, his authority that comes into us that doesn't get used becomes stagnant and stale. I heard Bill Johnson, I've heard this story before, but I happened to catch him speaking, um, doing an interview about Bethel Media earlier in the week, it's only 20 minutes, I had about 25, I thought, ah, let's do this. I sat and watched it, and he tells the story, and some of you may have heard him tell it before, about the roadrunner. And they had a roadrunner turn up at their, their building in, in California. And the roadrunner was at, was at the door, was at a particular door trying to get in. And they thought, that's really weird. We've never seen a roadrunner here before. We just don't see them. And Bill, Bill Johnson said, you know, I've been out in the wild a lot. And I've never even seen a roadrunner. Here it was at the door. And it wanted to get in. Because they had a prayer meeting. And the following week, same prayer meeting, the roadrunner's at the door again. And they thought, well, this is really odd. And someone said, the roadrunner's back. They said, back? Yeah, yeah, no, it was here last week as well. And over a period of six months, every time they had a prayer meeting, the roadrunner was at the door. Never turned up for anything else. Didn't matter when the prayer meeting was, the roadrunner was at the door wanting to get in. So they spent some time praying, thinking, this has got to be a God thing, right? This is weird. They asked a number of people, like in other places, do you know what God's... What does this mean? This must mean something. This is so odd. Everyone's like, I just don't know what God's saying. got no idea. And then one day... Um, someone opened the door and the roadrunner came in and went into the auditorium, I think it was the auditorium, a room where they were about to have some worship uh, as part of the prayer gathering, and they put worship on and the roadrunner stood completely still in the sound of this music. And it followed the person who turned the music on. Once that person then walked out of the room, it followed him along, out of the room and into a corridor, and at the end of the corridor was a big, um, like, glass... I'll call it a wall of glass to the outside. Window. That's the word. Bah, <laughs> bah! It's because it wasn't... Stay-air. Anyway, that thing. Window without a handle or hinges. That thing. And um, this roadrunner ran straight at it, smack, and died. And the person who was with the roadrunner as this happened came back in and said I've just, I've just killed the roadrunner and everyone was like oh my word so over the next few weeks they pressed into God more to say what was that what was that all about with the roadrunner we, we don't understand and God said After all this time, God spoke and he said, the things I'm giving you, if you don't take them out of the building, they'll die. So the point for us, the point for us is we need to get something and keep taking it out. You can't take out something we haven't got. And you can't get hold of something from him and never take it out because it will die in here. And that's not its intention. Water has life because it flows from one point to another. So we've got some things, um, Cat and the band, if you want to be coming up. We've got some events. And I'll quickly talk through these. Some of them are very spontaneous to the point that I was speaking to the other Uh, Pastors, I speak to Chris and Kat this morning. Nick doesn't even know the first one, I don't think. Um, We bow down as part of Thy Kingdom Come. is happening this Friday. And vineyard churches particularly, we've had a sort of a a, a mail out from the vineyard um, head office, basically saying, as vineyard churches, we want to join with this and kneel down at 9pm this Friday for 15 minutes and kneel before God and say, we need you. Our town needs you. Our families need you. Our land needs you. Our government needs you. So we have no idea. Please don't ask us any details beyond what's written there because we haven't discussed any. But this Friday, 8.30, we would love you to come in. You don't even need to book. If it gets too full in here for all the social distancing malarkey, we'll, we'll overflow into the car park will overflow down the street. Wouldn't that be amazing? So don't worry about booking. We'll fill whatever space people want to come and take up. And at nine o'clock, we will join with many other churches in kneeling before God and, and asking, petitioning him, going before him with an ache and a longing to see transformation. And then wildfires. Wildfires we've been. Um, The last couple of years, obviously, we haven't been able to, or last year we weren't able to. This year, again, it's online. A festival where friends from different streams, churches, and communities come together to seek God and fan into flame the next great awakening. That is what Wildfires is. I cannot tell you how gutted I am that we can't be there, that it's not happening. It was probably the highlight of my year. And our aim is, as of next year, we would love every single person who's involved in Asher Vineyard, to come. We would love it. We go, like, seriously en masse. We are the massive that turns up. <laughs> but this year, it's online. And so, some point, online and ITR is in the room. We are going to probably do some things here as well. That probably will be more of a booking thing. I'm not interested in details right now. The point is, Sunday 30th, Monday 31st, wildfires is happening. And lastly, some of you... Can you just put your hand up if you came to Good Friday Chill? Okay, a number of you did. And you were so gracious. Thank you so much for the responses you gave when I emailed out and said, would you mind please sending in some feedback? We've never really done that like that before. and We just appreciate some feedback. The feedback was, frankly, overwhelming. It was such a precious time. And so we feel that God is inviting us into more of that. So on the 12th of June at 7.30 here in the auditorium, imagining there's the fire of God's presence right in the middle, we're going to gather around the fire and worship him. Like we did, a bit like we did for Good Friday Chill, for those that were here for that. So there's no three-line whip, there's no obligation to come. And I appreciate people will have some other things booked, and I know, I know, I know all that. But these are some spaces where we have the chance to get together and just kneel before him. Just get before him and just say, God, I long for you. Without you, God, we, we have nothing. Let's stand. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for your presence with us. And we say even now, God, without you, we we have nothing. We have so little to offer. It's only you. It's you that will bring the transformation to this town that we long for. Only you. And God, we sometimes have a bunch of good ideas and we sometimes do our bit here and there and we help people out and do everything we can. But God, we need your supernatural miracle working power to bring transformation to this town, to bring transformation to our families, to see sickness go, to see cot deaths in Ashford become zero. The suicide rate in Ashford bucks the national trend and it is zero. Zero. Because Ashford becomes the capital of hope. And God, no council can do any of these. Only you, God. Only you. We pray for the mental health of people in Ashford. It's not your plan for people that they wrestle through anxiety day after day, that they have depression, that they have schizophrenia, that they have all these other mental issues that torment them. And Father, we don't care whether it's like a a demonic thing or a medical thing. Either way, God, the answer is you. Whether it's you through science, you through tablets, you through just a plain miracle. God, we don't want to just keep accepting the status quo and just saying, well, that's just it. This is just how life is. And we want to say to you, God, we know that this is not how you want it to be. For I know the plans I have for you. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And God, I pray that in this room, you will start to release dreams for people, the ideas they have that, that just ping into their minds or happen at night. And they wake up with this amazing dream of what could be possible. And I want to call all the dreamers out who've had dreams and they've left them on the bedside table. And I say, God, give them that dream again. Give it to him again. And this time, God, we won't ignore it, but we will go after it. There are people, even in this room, who have the wisdom to be able to solve problems in society. We call them forth, God. We call them out. And like we said about Kaylee and the Moses word, what little old me, yeah, little old you, with the backing of the whole of heaven. It's like with a little boy who's about to get the tiny little, you know, five, six-year-old boy who's about, you know, a whole gang of boys come round the corner and he looks like he's about to get beaten up. And then dad steps out. Dad steps out behind the boy. A towering giant of a man. And the other kid's scarper. And for some of you in here now, you need to know that that's what's going on. And for you, dad's about to step out. And it looks like you're about to get beaten up. But just about to come round the corner behind you is the most towering, giant, beautiful man. Stay in this moment. Thank you, God. For such a time as this we were born. You could have had us born back in the tenth century. But you said no, this person, huh? Oh, I want this person born at this time, in this moment, for this hour. We believe God is planning and is orchestrating and working on the greatest outpouring of his spirit that this world has ever seen. Father God, we don't want to miss it. We want to be in the mix. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We were going to move on, but let's not. Let's just stay here a moment. And I I would just ask if, if that's okay, if people largely keep their eyes just shut for a minute. If you would love, if you would love God to fill your vision, if you would love to become transfixed, to behold his glory, that's all of his power and goodness. You, you long to be in that place. You want to feel the heat of that fire, the warmth of his affection. And we don't need to wait till Friday to kneel down if you are happy to and able to and would like to. Then let's just kneel down for a moment now and just tell God you're in and you long for him. If you don't want to, it's fine. There's no pressure and no one's looking, so it's okay.
1: Confess, you are Lord in this place. bow down, we bow down and call
0: while we're in this in this space in this moment right now what I'd love us to do is God wants to do some things in people's lives like some some actual some actual like miracles, some actual healing right here, right now. So what I would love is if if you need some kind of um, physical healing miracle, if you feel able to put your hand up, people aren't allowed to exactly gather around you, but maybe you could stretch your hand out to that person instead. You don't even need to ask what the issue is. And unless that person wants to say. but If you, if you need a, a, a physical healing miracle, could you just put your hand up right now? I mean, it'll be pretty much everyone, right? Everyone, most people have got something wrong. If you can just put hands up and then, um, so if you're near someone, can you, if you're not putting your hand up, can you put your hand out and just stretch it out to someone instead? If you don't know what else to pray, just speak the name of Jesus.
1: Yes, God.
0: Yes, God. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every sickness bows. Yes, God. Increase your presence, God. Increase your power in this room. Increase your power, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I feel uh, like a, a, a weight that's just come on my heart. And I think it's for some people who have been feeling like they've been carrying this huge load and most other people don't even know about it. And you've been carrying this enormous burden. And I see Jesus coming to you right now and saying... It's okay, I've got it now. I've got it now. You don't have to carry this in the way you have been any longer. I've got it. If that's you, I encourage you, almost as a physical act of that, just to to hand that thing over. Most people in the room have got their eyes shut. No one's going to be looking. But I encourage you to... Whatever that thing is that you've been carrying that's been so burdensome for you, Jesus has stood in front of you saying, Just hand it over to me. Just let it go to him. Just let it go. Is someone who has been, uh, at least one person who's been waiting, I think, for a medical, out, uh, like some investigations, an outcome of that. And you've hardly told a soul. And you're inside, actually, you're really just terrified. And in this moment, Jesus is saying, it's okay now, hand it over. I won't ask who it is. I, d- I, don't, want to, I don't want to humiliate in any way. I'll show you up in any way. had a word this morning she saw a lorry with the word diabetes on the side we don't know whether it's someone who loves lorries who has diabetes or someone who's in logistics but God we pray we just put that out there did the lorry have a colour? It was on a white sticker. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. That burden thing, there are some people at home who have been praying for loved ones, and it's like a family thing that's bothering you, and again. I feel like to say to you right now that God's saying to you, I've got this. You can't see the answer yet, but I've got this. Honestly, I'm on it. It's in hand. God has seen your faithfulness. He's seen how you have loved well. And he says, I've got it. Thank you, God. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. And we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.